Scarantino, and this is the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Every week, I'm going to be talking about a new topic to help you guys get the fuck off the shit that doesn't serve you anymore. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I used to work as a bartender, and I lived in the New York City bar scene. I smoked between a pack or two a day, and I was what you'd call quite overweight. I learned that the secret to adopting a healthy lifestyle is a series of mindset shifts. Unfortunately, they don't always come with an owner's manual, so I decided to start this podcast to give you guys the nuts and bolts without you having to do all the research on your own. Getting healthy does not mean you have to sacrifice your outstanding personality, and it actually can be quite a fun journey. I'm really excited to have you guys on that journey with me. Let's get off together. Welcome back, everybody, to the Get the Fuck Off podcast. It is Monday, April 5th. I am excited to have you guys back with me, and I wanted to start this podcast out by talking about the most important person in my life, which is my mother, because I am an unmarried 35-year-old woman, and thus my mother still remains the most important person to me, probably to all of us, right? We all love our mothers. Um, well, maybe we don't all love our mothers, but most of us love our mothers more more dearly than anyone else. We, I think I've mentioned this in this podcast before that there used to be a sign on the wall at my old job that said, if it's not one thing, it's your mother. Because our mothers are genuine, generally uh, have the best, the biggest influence on us in our lives, in our most formative years. So a lot of the stuff that ends up uh, sticking with us through life comes from our mothers. But I wanted to talk about my mother because there are two things about my mother that segue really well into my topic for the, for the day. So number one, my mother was a tough love mother. And I am a, I am a nurturing person, but I do, I do sometimes incorporate tough love. And uh, my mother was definitely a tough love mother. And there's going to be some tough love in this, in this podcast. It's coming up. And I want to let you guys know before we get to the tough love part, that I say tough love and with emphasis on the love. The love is really important. And the second thing about my mother that you have to know is that my mother is obsessed with the time. She is obsessed with the time. There are clocks. So we had, when I was growing up, when I was young, when she was uh, still married to my father, um, my, they, my mother had this thing where all of the clocks in the house. I remember this being being a young kid. My mother wanting my father to make sure that all of the clocks in the house had the exact same time. Like if one clock said 1:50 p.m. and another one said 1:52 p.m., that was unacceptable to my mother. That was in my very early years. She might listen to this and say, "Andrea, that's totally incorrect," <laughs> but I remember it. Um, I remember that. And my mother to this day is still obsessed with the time. There are clocks all over her house. She has so many clocks. Um, clocks, there are, there are three, I believe there are three different places in the kitchen alone where you can read the time. The stove, the microwave, there is another clock on the wall closest to her living room sitting area. And then there is another clock that I bought for her, which is above the dog's area, and that is a clock of a dog, uh, of a West Highland White Terrier, because my mother has had now two West Highland White Terriers. My mother loves the time. There are clocks everywhere, musical clocks, different, different aesthetics, all different kinds of clocks. My mother's obsessed with the time. Ironically, my mother is not always on time. 
she is normally on what she likes to call uh, Marianne time, <laughs> which is which is not always on time. I, on the other hand, am always on time. Uh, I'm also obsessed with the time because my mother was obsessed with the time. I am always on time. I am never late. If I am even one minute late, it drives me to the brink of insanity. If you talk to the people that I used to work with, they'll tell you that there there was, I can count on my, on my one hand, two times that I was late in the over 12 years that I was employed by the same employer. Two times. And I can tell you when they were. And they were in the same year. I'm almost positive that there wasn't a third time. If there was a third time, I'll think of it. Now I'm racking my brain rather than going into it. But I am also obsessed with the time. I have a very keen awareness of the time. I know exactly how long it takes me to get from point A to point B of anything. I have never missed a flight. I am never never late for anything. And if I am late, it's because I'm deliberately late. So if there is an occasion like a party where we're all going to get together, I will always be the first person and sometimes I don't want to carry the emotional burden of being the first person because when you're the first person, then you have to carry on the conversation until the rest of the guests arrive and that's a pain in the ass. So if I'm late, I'm deliberately late. Please don't ever think that I ever lost track of the time because I didn't. I didn't. I know exactly how much time it takes to do something ridiculous why do I have this keen awareness of the time is it like a neurotic thing is it a no it's because I have trained myself to have a keen awareness of the time but even I had not always had the keenest of awareness when it comes to all different things so I'm going to get into that Uh, I'm going to get into that for today's episode because this is all about perception of the time that is the the topic of the episode today your perception of the time and it's such an important topic because people use the time as an or their lack of time as an excuse to not prioritize their health and well-being um and that is that is something that I wanted to talk about I wanted to talk about it because I work with novices and newbies as a lot of you guys know I work with people that are usually in in one area where they're trying to get fit and they are not quite there yet and what they love to do is say the words I am too busy and most of the time that's a load of shit You are not. You are not too busy. Here's where the tough love is coming in. This is where people are going to want to X off. They don't like to hear it. We don't like this feedback. We don't like this. We don't like to hear this. It's, It's like, how dare Andy tell me that I'm not too busy? I am absolutely too busy. Nah, baby, you're not. You're not. Here's the thing. Everybody thinks they're too busy. It's not a unique to you problem. It's not. I was listening to, um, a couple of months ago, I was listening to the now, the late Dr. Wayne Dyer's How to Be a No Limit Person. And the reason I was listening to it was because this woman who invented Spanx was talking to Tony Robbins on this free live thing he did on Facebook. And she was saying how her father gave her those tapes and they changed her life. So I started listening to them. And this is a man who, you know, built a career, built a practice, traveled all over, and ran 8 to 12 miles a day. Uh, Tony Robbins himself exercises every day and uh, I just sent an email to my list about this very topic about um, how you how people 
tend to slack on their health and well-being because they say that they don't have the time. But I referenced a an article in Forbes and I actually, there's a quote from the article and I'm going to actually read it to you right now because I have it in front of me. And it says, one thing that most successful people have in common is an uncompromising attitude about fitness and exercise. This is because fitness can instill in you the fundamental building blocks necessary for achieving success. It is safe to say you can if you cannot commit yourself to regular exercise, you will likely never reach your full potential. Countless successful people from Fortune 500 CEOs to entrepreneurs and celebrities have discovered the undeniable connection between fitness and success. Now this is that's the quote. This is very important, guys. These are people. These are not ordinary people. These are extraordinary people that commit to fitness and exercise, that have days that are so much busier than my day ever will be or your day will ever be. And they prioritize their health and their well-being. And they put that first and foremost. Now, if you're saying you don't have the time, that's fine. But you're definitely not going to have the time to be sick. And let me tell you what, those those genes, if you're in the rat race where, you know, you just don't have the time, you don't have the time, you don't have the time, you don't have the time, let me tell you what, in about 20 years – you know, you might be at, you might right now unwittingly be activating some genes that can do things co- like cause cancer, cause heart disease, diabetes, all of these all of these things that we think that we are immune to. We're we're pushing forward at lightning speed. We don't prioritize our health and our well-being and because we don't have time, we don't have time, we don't have time. Do you have time to be sick? You don't have time. So, you If you think that you don't have the time, I'll tell you what, there are lots of times in my life where I didn't think that I had the time and it wasn't because I was, well, there's a couple of reasons, but a lot of the the things about the time is that we just don't think about the time properly. So when I was running, when I was working and when I was working in, in the restaurant, um, this is going back years now that I that I, I had first started running. I used to think I didn't have the time to run because I was working five days a week or, or whatever. And I was running at the time probably 10-minute miles. And I thought that it was just entirely too impossible to fit in 15 miles a week of running. Like that was just too much. I mean, I, that 15 miles, oh my God, I can't fit 15 miles into my week. Holy shit. That's just too much. But as I think back now, I think back and if I was running 10-minute miles, 15 miles is only about two and a half hours of exercise every single week, which is less than 30 minutes a day of exercise. Like a human being should be exercising at least 30 minutes a day. Like we should be. Because we're not designed to just sit like plops and let our bodies deteriorate. And if you have health problems in your 30s, it's probably – there's probably underlying causes for that. Like there are people, I'm 35 and I know people my age that are on medication for high blood pressure and things like that. Like you're, you're too young to be on medication for that. Are you, are you like 30 or 40 pounds overweight? I guarantee if you ditched that 30 or 40 pounds, you you probably wouldn't need that medication. Or maybe you're one of the types of people that isn't on medication, but it's because you don't go to the doctor because you feel like I, I just heard this excuse recently Oh, I'm gonna get in, I'm gonna get healthy first before I go to the doctor because you know I'm I'm really overweight right now. What? Do you not want to hear what the doctor has to say? <laughs> like, what if you have extremely high blood pressure? Do you want to have a stroke or like what are you what are you doing? Like I don't I'm 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 curious. We don't like to hear that feedback. 
we don't like to hear it but um I yeah so this is I got a little off topic with that but I I like to pray I said I didn't have the time I didn't have the time where that was where I was at see this is so unprofessional that was where I was at 30 minutes of exercise okay 30 minutes of exercise I was saying I didn't have the time to do that why didn't I I mean it wasn't that I didn't have the time. It was that I hadn't learned to renegotiate my day to fit that time in. Because what we're doing is we neurologically like to repeat the same pattern over and over and over again. So it's like the people that tell me, I can never be in the 5 a.m. club. I can never get up, up at 5 o'clock in the morning. No, it's just that you don't want to. You haven't, you haven't renegotiated other parts of your day. And honestly, it is possible for you to be able to exercise more than 30 minutes per day and not be in the 5 a.m. club. Like you don't have to get up at 5 in the, clock in the morning and, and do these things. Now most of the people that, do, that are really successful at this do get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and do these things, but you don't have to. There are ways that you can fit it into the rest of your day. Like these are really little things and the, the commitment to exercising five to six days a week is really important. Your perception of the time is important and as you try to fit new habits into your life and go through the uncomfortable process of trying to think about where they fit, eventually it will become more common and it will feel like you are have an easier time doing this. Now, one of the things that used to trip me up, for example, today I'm recording this podcast. I'm sitting here. I'm recording it. I just finished running my, well, it's for you it's Monday, but for me it is Easter Sunday. I just finished running my 13.1 miles this morning. Um, I just decided, ah, what the hell. Easter, it was actually 13.2. Easter Sunday happy. What the fuck? Now, two years ago, if I was going to do a long run that was longer than 10 miles, that would suck up my entire day because I would need to take all this time to mentally prepare to go out and do it. And I would end up spending two to three hours mentally preparing for this run. And then I'd do the run. And then I would have to spend, you know, another two hours just decompressing. Like now, it's just like, okay, it's like taking a shower. Okay, hammer it out. Hammer it out. Hammer it out. A lot of this time, like, people say they don't have time to exercise, but what they really don't have time to do is all the futzing that they do before the exercise. A lot of newbies do this. This is something that I used to do. I'm guilty of it, so I'm talking about myself. When I first started, I used to futz around. Exercise was hard, and it is hard when you first start, so I would spend, like, an hour to an hour and a half mentally preparing. Baby, that's where you're wasting your time. The exercise isn't wasting your time. The thinking about it and, you know, analyzing it and, okay, like, how am I going to do this? That's what's wasting your time, not the exercise. I'm really guilty of another thing with life. I used to be really guilty about being analytical about, okay, well, I have a doctor's appointment today, so that's going to suck up five hours of my day. Why? Well, because I'd have to sit and have the anxiety about the appointment, and then I'd have the anxiety about being on time, so I'd make sure that I padded it enough, two hours here, two hours there, and then, you know, all of this shit, and it would end up taking up five hours. In reality, my overthinking about the appointment was what took five hours. Really, if you have like 
a doctor's appointment and it's supposed to be like, I don't know, a half an hour, expect the doctor to be a half an hour behind schedule because that's how they, you know, that's just the way that life goes. And then, you know, factor in your travel. And an appointment should really only last like an hour and a half with the travel, with them being late. Like that's the way that I think about it. Okay, like I have an appointment, you know, it's probably going to be about a half an hour, an hour and a half of my life considering that the doctor is going to be at half an hour behind schedule, considering my travel time. If it's taken five hours out of your day, that's all you and your over-analysis about that appointment in your day. And I used to do all kinds of things like that. Like I would have, I used to, I referenced in the email that I wrote about having to take the 1 p.m., a 1.45 p.m. bus to go see my parents. And I mean, 1.45 p.m., like now I can get a full day in before 1.45 p.m. I used to think, oh, 1.45 p.m., okay, so I've got time to get up, shower, maybe pack. And that's it. Now I can get up, run 5 to 10 miles, watch the news, have coffee, send my emails, you know, go back and forth with clients, do a couple of other things, and pack, and shower, and renegotiating. It's renegotiating. So it is about working in so working things into your schedule, but also renegotiating how you think about activity. So if you're saying you don't have time to exercise, chances are you probably do and you're just either A, like I said, futzing, or B, you're correlating the difficulty level of the exercise with the fact that you don't want to do it. And thus, your brain is making this out to be such a bigger time commitment than it actually is. Like it isn't. Just like tumble your ass out the door and do it. Um, another person I was talking to about a week ago, and I mean all the love, but the excuse was, well, you know, the gym is so far away. I just moved, and I'm thinking, and I, and I was like, well, how far is it? Oh, it's about a it's about a twenty minute walk. I was like, or you know, you're a runner, so you could you could probably jog there. I mean, you know, ten minutes. Oh yeah, I guess I could do that. Renegotiating. I was thinking about I was thinking about that because I just started uh, I just started doing some part time work, you know, somewhere where I normally would take the train to, and I thought, well, you know, I could I could do that, or I could just walk. Timed it out; it's faster to walk. You know, we have to we have to renegotiate the way that we think about things. Nothing is too far. Nothing is too out of the way. Nothing is too. Most of the time, it doesn't come down to a lack of time, and and for me, it absolutely does not come down to a lack of time. I recently, when I started, well, I didn't recently start the business, but, you know, I've been in business about six months. So when I started the business, I was thinking, oh, well, you know, what I was guilty of the same thing as all of you guys, all of you that are listening to this. I was thinking, well, probably going to have to run less miles per week. And what I realized is that I was guilty. Uh, well, I didn't actually end up running less miles per week, but that it was a thought that went to, through my head because I'm human. And of course, I am inclined because I'm from that mentality of my health and well-being should be the first thing I sacrifice. Now, it's not because now I have trained myself not to be that way. But back in the day, whenever anything would be stressful in my life because I wasn't raised to be physically active, I come from a, a family of lumps, you know, like lumpy people. Like my father was obese, is like pretty much forever. I mean, a lumpy people. People that did not do those things. So I wasn't raised in, you know, with this innate thought process of, oh, well, things are hard. So what I should really do is take better care of myself. I was raised with the, oh, things are hard. Let's go get trashed. You know, that was, that was my 
my thought process, my upbringing. So it took years, like over half a decade, to be able to condition myself out of that thought process, right? So when I, and I still struggle with going against it. Like now, I actively, you know, I think, okay, like I'm gonna, you know, things are hard. I'm gonna go towards it. Well, when I'm starting something new, I actively have to tell myself. You have to prioritize your health and well-being because that old programming from childhood and adolescence always wants to take back over that things are getting a little busy, health and fitness and wellness got to go on the back burner, and that's the way that you think about it. Oh, well, you know, things are getting busy, so we got to sacrifice the, we got to sacrifice the exercise. So that was a thought. I started, I went into business was getting busier. I was working on a lot of things. I was writing an ebook. I was building a website. I was learning about SEO and email marketing. And I was thinking, oh my God, am I going to have time to run? So instead of, instead of sacrificing my running, what I started doing was following people that were doing it better than I was. So I started following people that were busier than I was, that were more successful than I was, that were doing it better. And I, I still do this. Like I, um, I started, there's this one person that I follow that's running 90, 100 miles a week, working full time, going to school full time. And I was thinking, all right, Andy, like get it together. Like, is it a matter of the fact that you don't have the time to get out and continue with your running schedule? Or is it a matter of you don't have the lack of, you have a lack of will? Do you have a lack of time or a lack of will? And I am comfortable enough to ask myself that question. And when I ask myself the question, it always is a lack of will. It's not a lack of time. I can make more time. I can make more time. I can get up earlier. A lot of people say, oh, I can't get up earlier. Is that a lack of time or is that a lack of will? Are you, are you prioritizing your drinking, it? you know, like your social life? Because if you're prioritizing your social life, because I used to prioritize when I was when I was drinking and I always thought I had a lack of time. But they always have this this saying, you know, sober people are always wondering, what the hell am I gonna do with all this free time? Because drinking does something called time traveling. My ex-boyfriend coined that phrase. I'm time traveling. You have two drinks, all of a sudden your perception of the time has gone out the window. All of a sudden, you are sitting. You are sitting. You ever be at a bar? You sit and order and drinks, and then all of a sudden, four hours goes by, and you have no idea what you did with that four hours. That's alcohol, right? So a lot of people, you know, will talk to me and be like, "I don't have the time. I can't get up early." And then I think, okay, well, are you prioritizing that three to four hours every day that you spend socializing every night? And sometimes the answer is yes. But then you can't say that that's a lack of time. That's a lack of will. Like you could easily cut that down to two hours. I mean, what do you really, what, you know, I mean, how, do you need four hours of socializing every night? I mean, if you're, if you're sitting there drinking for several hours, I've been around people that are drinking for several hours and I've definitely been around them as a sober person when I was tending bar. And I can absolutely tell you that the conversations after hour three are just a blubber of shit and no one fucking remembers them anyway. And don't tell me that that's not true because it is. 
You remember the first couple of hours. And yeah, you know, maybe after three or four, you know, you've got this camaraderie, this bonding, this, oh, I just love you now. You're my best friend. All of that stuff. Get out of here. Nothing nothing after the third or fourth hour is really all that remarkable that you're, you know, you're hanging on to. You're not, you're not closing the business deal or, or doing any of that after the third or fourth hour. Please, people are sloshed. That's not fucking happening. So the prioritization of socialization, that, that's, that's not a lack of time. And that can be condensed and that can be cut down to a couple of days a week. So you're doing that like five days a week, you cut that down to three days a week. But if you don't have the time to take care of yourself, you absolutely don't have the time to be sick. And people do not like to think about that. They don't like to think about the fact that they could get sick, but they can. And it could happen like, it could happen tomorrow. You know, and another thing about time I just wanted to tell you is that our concept of time and the way that we perceive time is completely made up by our brains. So I was talking about to you earlier about my mother and going to uh, going to visit my mother and taking the 1.45 p.m. bus from Port Authority. And I get up at the same time, maybe just a little bit earlier, an hour or two earlier now than I did a couple of years ago. I have the exact same allotment of hours and yet I can manage to get so much more done. And that's because I have trained my brain to perceive activity as differently than before. I perceive the activities as manageable rather than as unmanageable. So it's kind of like when you choose to see abundance rather than lack. If you focus on the lack that you have in anything in life, you tend to get more of the same. If you focus on the things that you have rather than the things that than the things you don't have. You tend to get more of what you have. So it's perception. So if you get these people that think that they don't have a lot of time and they're focusing on the fact that they don't have a lot of time, they will always end up not having a lot of time. And then you get someone from the outside, a coach like me, I'll look at their lives and I'll be like, seems like you fuck around a lot of the time. Like you fucks with a lot of the time. Like you don't have time because you don't manage it right. And no one likes to hear it. There's the tough love. But I'll give you an example of how your brain really screws with you when it comes to the time. I used to say when I was working in the restaurant, because I worked in Times Square during the holidays, you can imagine, that December gave me the feeling that I was toppling down an escalator. I just felt like December 1st came and then boom, it was New Year's. And I was like, what the fuck? Where'd December go? Like, I don't understand where December went. And it was this way every year. I always thought, okay, this is the year that I'm going to do the holiday things. I'm going to get all my shopping done. I'm going to go and I'm going to enjoy all of these things. And boom, toppling down the escalator. It's New Year's every single year. And then COVID hit. And I wasn't working. And there wasn't tourists. And there was infinite amounts of time and you know what happened December 1st hit and then New Year's hit boom (laughs) where did December go and then I realized that it wasn't my job it was December December is set up in such a way that we perceive it as short it's a 31 day month it's a 31 day month there's exactly the same amount of time in December as there is in March okay exactly It is the exact same amount of time. The same allotment of of hours, minutes, and seconds exist in December as it does in March. And yet, and yet, December is over in 20 seconds and March drags on until, you know, until you're so pissed off you can't even stand it. And why? It's your perception. 
And there are things that happen in December that, that add to that perception. So really, human beings have decided that they are going to perceive. So, you know, we're, I live in the United States. We're a Christian nation. I'm not a Christian, but, you know, we, we do Christmas. And even the people that, you know, don't really do Christmas will usually celebrate the secular holiday. And then, of course, we have Hanukkah that falls right around the same time. You know, people that are that are Jewish. And then, you know, we have other other holidays, all, all, the, all the various holidays. We do have Kwanzaa that goes along at the same time. I don't personally know anyone that celebrates Kwanzaa, but it's right around that same time. I mean, lots of holidays exist around that time. The mainstream one is Christmas, right? So... Let's say, okay, you know, Christmas in the United States. That's December 25th. But we really don't start celebrating Christmas on December 25th. We really started on December like 22nd and 23rd is when we start traveling for Christmas. And then human beings have kind of just decided that they're going to fuck off from Christmas all the way until the end of the year. It's exactly one week of fucking off. So you've automatically lost the fucking off week, okay? Then you get the travel days, all right? So that's two more days. So you got the week of fucking off plus the travel days. Then you got like, all right, well, then you have about the first three days of the month where you're like, oh, well, I have plenty of time to do my shopping because that's 25 days away, but it's not really. It's about, you know, 20 to 22 days away. So what you do is you fuck off for a couple of days and then all of a sudden you're rushed because you got to do shopping except that, you know, there's all of the end of the year things that are happening with your job and like you forgot about those because it's been 365 days since it's happened last. So... When you factor in all of these things that no one actually thinks about, December, no matter what is going on, I mean, granted, I wasn't working, but there are always other things. There are always the talking about the holidays and who's going to do it and where are we going to go and how blah, 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 blah. And there's so much conversation that goes into it that that takes away from the time that you spend shopping and planning and thinking and all this crap that goes along. And then boom. It's December 20, 21st to 23rd area, 20th to 22nd area. I've said like a couple of different things because it's different for everybody. And then basically your year is over. It's just a lack of nobody puts in any work. Nobody does any productivity. Nobody thinks that everybody just sits like lumps. And boom, it's New Year's. And there was a meme a couple of years ago that was like December 1st, feeling festive. December... 30, sorry, maybe it was like 26th, confused, full of cheese, unsure of the day of the week or something like that. I wish I could find it and put it in the description, but I don't think that Apple or Spotify allows me to put anything graphic in the description, but that was, that was what it was. So I'm using December to show you that that is not an actual amount of time. That's perception of time. And we can all do a little bit, be a little bit better about on December 1st making, you know, making notes for the following year and saying, hey, okay, this is what happens every year. Let's get a handle on it. Let it, let us be more proactive about how we manage our December. But we don't because that's, you know, that's, that's a year from the last time it happened. So we don't. But it's easier with our days. So with our days, it's easy to say, hey, this is like, this is okay. This is just this just happened 24 hours ago. So, we remember what happened 24 hours ago. So, what's a small change that we can make today to add a little bit more time in our day to be a little bit better about how we manage our time today than we did yesterday? How many hours of fucking off did we do yesterday? What was our screen time last week? Every Sunday, if you're an Apple user, you get that little alert that tells you what your screen time was last week. Well, how what was it? What was your screen time last week? Was it like 
eight or nine hours, six hours, four hours? Like, can you cut a half an hour off of that, like in a week? These are small manageable changes that you could do to get a better handle on the time. But don't think that you don't have the time. It isn't a lack of time. It is a lack of will to make the changes. And nobody likes to hear it, but that is the tough love that I got from my mother who was obsessed with the time. Who is, is obsessed with the time. Clocks everywhere. You gotta go into the house. Just clocks. <laughs> obsessed with the time. And I am obsessed with the time. Also, also, the more you focus on the time and be better about being present with the time, the more it will become manageable simply because of your reticular activating system. Your brain pays attention to the things that you tell it to pay attention to. You tell it the time is important. Paying attention to the time is important. And it will be important. I am glad you guys took the time to be with me here today. I might have gone a little bit long, but I hope that it was enjoyable for you. I hope that the tangential nature of this podcast didn't put or piss you off. Are they the same thing? Put you off? Piss you off? I hope it didn't do either of those things. I'm glad to have you guys here, and I'm really excited that we spent this time together today. It was worth it for me. I hope it was worth it for you, and I hope that you guys will, if you want to, you know, if you guys want to talk about anything, obviously reach out to me, Andy, A-N-D-E-E, at getthefuckoff.com, or you can go to my website, get on my email list at getthefuckoff.com, and I did send something out to my, my list last week, my subscribers, about the time, um, and I will definitely be talking about this podcast to everyone, so if you miss an episode or anything, you can kind of keep touch with what I'm doing, and also, I send out great stuff every week to help you guys get the fuck off the shit that doesn't serve you anymore, so I'm going to put a link in the description of this podcast to get on my email list if you don't feel like traveling over to my website, and I will be back next week with another episode of the Get the Fuck Off podcast for you guys. Until then, enjoy your time, take care, be safe, and I will talk to you guys really, really soon. Oh, 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 oh,